We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Before we dive into all of today's news, I want to remind everybody, please make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office YouTube channel, as well as over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Help keep us growing. We certainly appreciate all the followers that we've been bringing in lately. And uh, make sure if you haven't done so already, you hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications as well. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Uh, plenty to talk about, Keith, and uh, unfortunately, I'm getting a little bit nervous here about all this CBA stuff, so let's start there. Yeah, it wasn't uh, great news. Mark Stein had an update. Uh, if you're not subscribed to his Substack uh, and uh, subsequent newsletter uh, form that comes out, um, you should rectify that as soon as you can, but he is uh, basically reporting that they're not expected to reach an agreement that the mutual opt out date is the 15th. So a little over a week from today when we're recording this, uh, December 15th, that is, uh, also happens to coincide with sort of kind of the opening of trade season. Yeah. Um, now to be clear, if they opt out or don't reach a new agreement or anything, nothing happens to the rest of this season, this season will finish and complete as scheduled, no issues. But what it could lead to is problems for the season after that. Yeah. It's probably a little early for that, but uh, one of the things that they're expected to do is reach an agreement to extend uh, that mutual opt-out date, and that may be by a week, two weeks, three weeks. We'll see what that looks like, and then that uh, puts them in a different spot, just makes the negotiations that much easier because you're kind of going. But th there's definitely some things that they're hung up on for sure. Yeah, so right now, that's, that's what you want to hear from the NBA fan perspective. We know we're not going to hear done deal before December 15th, but that's the ideal yeah. scenario. would have been they figure it out, get it done before December 15th, everybody's happy, Merry Christmas, off you go, right? But that's not going to happen. So now what you want to hear is the, the two sides are going to agree to push that December 15th date back by however much that it is, whether it's a month or three weeks, like you said, Keith, whatever. Um, that's that's the best news here. What you don't want to hear, again, from the fan perspective, is this side is opted out, that side is opted both sides opt out, right? Because that can lead to a more contentious situation. Doesn't mean they can't still come to an agreement sure. and put Humpty Dumpty back together again. They certainly can. It's just not as positive of a sign as, hey, we feel like we're making progress. We just need a little more time. Let's extend the deadline. Yeah, we've had situations where the CBA has expired or one side or the other has opted out, and it's been fine mm -hmm. uh, because they, they 
they're working well in advance towards a new agreement and go and move forward. We've also had times when like the last CBA uh, in 2017, they agreed long before there was any kind of opt-out to all the stuff that they needed to and move forward that way. Um, so anybody knows that that's the, that's the ring doorbell. So it's that, that time of year here, uh, <laughs> Christmas packages and the like being delivered and the dogs, uh, get all fired up. Um, anyway, back to the CBA. So yeah, there's no, no reason to panic yet. Nobody should be worried about missing any time and games and seasons right. being shut down or anything like that. We're, we're just going to, you know, continue to do, do what we do and move along. And I think what we're going to see here with the, um, CBA is they've got to get by this hard cap stuff because that seems like the number one issue that is holding things up. If they can get past that, then we should be in a pretty good place to start working on all the other, let's call them uh, lesser issues. Not that they're minor or not important, but just lesser issues than that one. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. And and look, tis the season for package deliveries and all of that. I was actually dealing with that issue on the last video I recorded today for for Lakers Nation. So I feel you, feel you on that, Keith. But um, with this this hard, well, they're not even calling it a hard cap; they're calling it an upper yeah. spending limit because, of course, you want you need to call it something less scary than than hard cap. <laughs> but that's what it is. It would yeah. be it would be it's a exactly hard cap. Yeah. Yes, you're you're just trying to name it something different. Um, but what do you, what do you do here? Because I think that the from what we've heard, any mention of a hard cap is a complete non-starter to the players. They want nothing to do with it. They would rather have a lockout than a hard cap. That's that's what's been out yep. there. And owners surprisingly are are wanting this more than I think we expected. And it it's hard to imagine how you compromise on that. Like you either have a hard cap or you don't. So how do you see this playing out? I think they'll ultimately get to either they'll set it so ridiculously high yeah. that it won't necessarily matter or they just won't do it. No, they'll, the ownership will give because I don't know that it's a hundred percent ownership backing on this idea of a hard cap because we've, we've heard, right. This is call it what it is. This is a keep the warriors and Clippers and nets and teams like that from spending a bajillion dollars when everybody else can only spend, you know, you barely, you know, 10 million into the taxes too far. So what, what they're trying to do, I think is set this up to um, be they you know, more punitive and maybe the ownership, what they do is you come up with more punitive tax penalties uh, versus setting a true upper spending limit hard cap that you, you want to lock into. That could be the way around this where it is. All right. Hey, you know, if you go 20 million over the cap, it's instantly repeat or not, you're going to pay, you know, uh, three, three times every dollar spent or something like mm -hmm. that. Uh, maybe that's where they go to. So there's, there's ways you can work around this without, uh, you know, locking into this is the max amount of money any team can spend. Are we really at a, I, like I have a hard time accepting that the NBA is simply at a point where the teams that spend automatically win championship, where you can essentially no. buy a championship. Yeah. I don't feel like that's where they're at. No. Why is this becoming such a big issue? And you're, to me, this is getting overblown. I don't like the Warriors winning last year. They spent a ton but I don't think we have a history of the team that spends the most equals championship. No, but it's well, what's happened most recently, right? That's, that's what people look at. And it's, well, the Warriors, you know, record setting tax numbers last year, and then they won the title. So we've right. got to stop this from happening. And that's, that's, yeah, it's a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, generally, if you want to be in the mix to win a championship, you're, 
probably going to be a tax team Mm -hmm. if you want to be in the mix to win multiple championships in let's say five to six to seven year window you're going to pay the tax during several of those years that's just how it goes you have to pay more to keep a team together and all those kind of things so i think what we get into with this is rather than um a contentious point where it is we will not give we will have a hard cap of Mm -hmm. 200 million dollars or whatever number they pull out or you know 50 million above the luxury tax whatever it is i think what we're more likely to see happen in this case is one it's more punitive to go deeper in but on the backside you'll get some relief so if you're golden state and you're resigning stephen curry to a fourth or fifth contract you're not all of that becomes fully taxable, you know. Maybe so you keep your own guys. It's taxable, so yeah. So you're you're allowed uh, some leeway to keep your own players, but you don't have to lock all the way into you know millions of dollars. And you know that gets the union away from the uh, scariness of hey, you can only spend X amount of dollars, and right. that's it. Yeah, and I, I like that. I, I don't like seeing teams be punished for nope. essentially for being successful for for mm-hmm. drafting good, drafting players well, and you know, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. um, I, I'm in agreement with that. I also think when you like, we tend to get locked into this NBA ecosystem, this sports ecosystem, and we talk about hard caps and what's fair and what's not fair and all of that. When you pan back and, and you kind of try to step out of sports and you just think about think about like your own personal budget, if if your budget is you're going to spend $1,000 a month and you decide you don't want to spend more than $500 a month, then you don't spend more than $500 a month, right? You just yeah. you just do that. Like th- these are choices being made by owners. All that's really happening here is that they're wanting to be able to pass the buck and say, oh, it's not my fault that we're not spending. It's the hard cap, right? They don't want yeah, the pressure exactly. to be on, be on them. That's, that's yeah. the only reason why we're talking about this. Yeah, I mean, and what it really does too is, like I said, it allows – it protects them from themselves. Too, exactly. Right? So you're not having some, you know, like, like think way back in the day when Mark Cuban first came in and he was like, Oh, Hey, I'll spend, you know, a billion dollars and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sign everybody into something. That, that's obviously too much because it wasn't anywhere near a billion dollars back then, but right. you know, whatever it is, it's, you know, well, we're going to sign everybody and, and go. I, th- I think, I think what they're looking at is Steve Ballmer can outspend everybody else who owns a team right now by a, Pretty wide margin. So let's be careful of that. The Warriors have outspent everybody. But you're planning for, to your point earlier, you're reacting to something that happened right now in the immediate, just this past season, and it's starting to overreact on things that may never come to pass. So I, I don't I don't think this will ultimately – I think it maybe is holding things up today on December 7th or 5th or 6th or whatever it was when Mark got that intel. It was holding things up. But I don't think it's going to continue to hold things up all the way into we risk losing uh, money and all that stuff because, as I say all the time, the NBA is making truckloads of money. They have a new TV contract coming, which is going to make everybody richer than they ever thought on all sides of this. And half a watermelon is better than a whole grape all day long. So you've been watching Shark Tank. Well, I I like (laughs) that I've used for years and years. (laughs) It's it's a good one, and it's and it's applicable here. it, what, we do need to get into that TV contract stuff. Not today, but I do want to you know get into that at some point. We'll get into the weeds of streaming versus cable rights and all that sort of stuff. But for now, 
let's move on and let's get into some some trade news here. Hey, actually, let's let's um one other thing because it's not really CBA related, but oh, okay. it was um, right there, and I forgot to to say we should talk about it. Uh, Jonathan Javoni uh, of ESPN oh, are yes. reported about uh, basically the NBA's loosen loosening rules on mm-hmm. allowing scouts back into uh, high school um, events. So whether that is um, I don't think it's going to be don't don't look for NBA scouts showing up at your uh, local high school gym anytime soon to you know scout on your hometown team. But I think what it is is there are multiple major high school tournaments. There are multiple major AAU tournaments mm-hmm. that happen each year that the NBA scouts have been barred from for a number of years. And I think what they're going to do now is they're going to loosen that up and let them, because that is in preparation for when eventually they do lift this uh, uh, age limit. And they basically say, Hey, you can come in whenever you want. Correct. And that's supposed to be part of the new CBA most likely as well. All right. Uh, On the trade front, the Knicks reportedly looking at Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, Derek Rose, Manuel quickly trades. And we did get a follow-up on the Reddish situation that apparently Reddish, uh, Rose as well, also out of the rotation, but uh, Reddish specifically, the Knicks are working with Reddish's representatives to find a trade for him and send him somewhere else. So uh, thoughts on that? What, what, what do you think the Knicks fortunes are going to be on the trade market and trying to move these guys? Yeah, we're going to combine a bunch of reporting here from The Athletic yeah. and New York Daily News and Ian Begley and a handful of others who have talked about this. But uh, the Fournier part of it, kind of taking it player by player, Fournier part of it is the Knicks have made other teams know, hey, we're not giving a, giving you anything to take Fournier. Um, we're, we're, we're not at that point yet. So that's probably going to be a, hey, we could use X. You look like you could maybe use a shooter. Mm-hmm. You don't love that contract. Let's kind of move, you know, shuffle deck chairs around a little bit on the Titanic here and figure it out and get us back to, to a better place with this. The reddish one, that one's a little more complicated because didn't obviously sign a contract extension. It's going to be a restricted free agent. So anybody taking him on has to be doing so with kind of two two prongs to this is one we're going to play him and play him a lot and we're going to be willing to sign him especially if you give up anything of value yeah Derek rose i don't really know what to make of that one i mean i think that's probably more of a haze out of our rotation uh, what they've done is they've gone to quentin grimes in the opening group and then they've gone to um uh, Miles McBride, Deuce McBride, uh, coming off the bench as the kind of backup third guard. Quickly is still playing. He's just playing less um, than those guys. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's the Knicks basically going and saying, all right, our guard group isn't what we want it to be behind Jalen Brunson and Quentin Grimes. Um, we feel good with R.J. Barrett on the wing, I would hope considering you just gave him the new big yes. contract. Um, but we, we, we've got to start moving some of these other pieces if we want to salvage this season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, that look, this type of report is going to become more and more common as we get closer to December 15th and then past that date. Uh, and then all the way through the February 9th trade deadline. Um, this is the type of stuff we're going to start hearing more about. So I know there's already been some buzz out there around the NBA. We've been hearing a few things here and there, but just expect for this type of thing to become more and more common. And we'll see ultimately what the Knicks can do if they're going to make a move here. Uh, one of the things looking at both conferences, you've got uh, part of this is the play in tournament. But you've got a lot of teams that don't feel like they're out of it at this point. So you're going to see teams looking to make deals, trying to swap players in and out, doing what they can to give themselves a boost. And I think that's what we're going to see here from the Knicks. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, teams are, other than I feel fairly confident in saying San Antonio, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, and probably Charlotte. Charlotte, record-wise, should probably have already made this decision. But my guess is they're just, 
it's it's a weird situation there. Um, but those um, teams are all in the spot where hey, it's about ping pong balls for everybody mm-hmm. else. It's keep pushing, keep pushing. Now that'll change as we get on towards January 1st and we're a month or so out from the trade deadline. We'll see another one or two teams kind of drop out of this, this uh, uh, play-in race and go from there. But that is what the play-in was, uh, was designed to do in part, keep more teams alive so teams would push to, to get in there. And I think like your Lakers are a really good example for two reasons. One, as we've talked about ad nauseum, they can't tank because it doesn't make right. any sense for them because then they just give the Pelicans an even better pick. But the other part of it with the Lakers is push for the play in because then you have belief of if we can get through that, we can make, we can do damage yeah. in the playoffs. So that's where you're going to have teams like Miami, maybe Chicago. They'll keep pushing with the idea of, Hey, if we can just get through that one or two games in the plan, then we can make a little bit of noise. If we get into the postseason itself. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep, exactly. And I think overall, big picture, probably a good thing for the NBA to have more teams engaged all the way through the season. Um, Speaking of my Lakers, former Laker, also former Celtic, Matt Ryan. Joins the Wolves on a two-way contract. Shooter extraordinaire, Matt Ryan. The Lakers just waived him last week in order to free up a, a roster spot, perhaps in anticipation of a deal getting done. But he does. We figured he would land somewhere, and uh, it's going to be with the Wolves on a two-way deal. Yeah, this makes sense. Uh, John Krasinski, not of the office, but as uh, uh, of the athletic who covers the Wolves, um, he, uh, he he commented, they've been desperate for shooting and they've got to add some shooting uh, any way they can with Carl Anthony Towns out. Uh, not that by, by no means suggesting Matt Ryan is a Carl Anthony Towns replacement, but you can plug him in uh, to some of those lineups. They're starting to play more uh, traditional lineups with one big on the floor at a time while Towns is out. So yeah, maybe Ryan gets thrown into the mix there is as a shooter because that team is is pr- pretty shy on that sk- uh, specific skill uh there yep yep good to see him stick in the nba even if it's just on a two-way deal for the time being uh good news here on the injury front jonathan isaac practicing with the lakeland magic I, I don't know that this means he's coming back tomorrow or anything like that but a good sign for a guy that we haven't seen in ages yeah over two years he was injured in the bubble um, was when he initially injured his knee. And then after that, when he was starting to get close, he had some serious hamstring injuries, which can happen after a major, major knee surgery. So that the magic basically said, man, we're, we're terrible. So we're going to shut you down again for a second straight season. Um, 
My guess is, let's say, first of the year-ish. Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit before, maybe a little bit after. Isaac has said he feels good physically. His biggest issue right now is conditioning at the NBA level, being able to really go up and down for multiple minutes in a row. Um, I don't know how much people realize, or maybe how little. I don't know the best way to phrase this. NBA teams don't really practice in season. Yeah, uh, They play, even if this, they, they, they have a day off, that is a recovery off. day, yeah. you know, film day, and that's really it. The guys who don't play may get in some scrimmaging and those kind of things um, on that, that that day in between games, but it's it's very rare. You have to basically have two days off in a row to even think about getting in a practice on that second day. And um, generally, we, we don't see that all that often. And I think um, in the case of the Magic, Normally you might say, all right, well, you could get in scrimmaging with those guys who don't play. They've been so banged up that they generally only have about 10, 11 guys available for most games. So everybody's kind of playing. So there isn't that, you know, all right, hey, these four guys who don't play at the end of the bench, you know, get with Jonathan Isaac, maybe an assistant coach. And now we're getting out there and playing some three on three or whatever. And that's still not five on five work. So you go down to the G League, get in this five on five work. This is why the vast majority of teams have put their Julie team generally within driving distance of the NBA team, because you can do these kind of things where it's take like, head down there, get some practice work in, do some stuff. He's not going to play in any G league games um, for anybody wondering that it's only going to be, uh, you know, practice and in that, but it's a chance for him to get real work in, try to get his wind up. But I'm guessing we're a month ish, you know, three weeks, four weeks out from seeing Jonathan Isaac come back. Well, hopefully he's able to come back and stay healthy. And, you know, he's a player with a lot of potential. Uh, we'll see what he can do when he gets back out on the floor. Probably going to take a while for him to knock yeah. off that rust. And for the Magic, they mostly, you just got to get these guys on the floor together. Wins and losses no longer matter this season. Your, your season's already too far gone with that. Um, but you want to see Isaac with Ben Carroll, with Franz Wagner, with Jalen Suggs. How does it fit together? What mm-hmm. does it look like? That's what you need to get. Um, that's what Houston is getting right now, right? They're playing all those kids together, and they're starting to see how does it fit together? What does it look like? You know, where are we going with these groupings? That's something Orlando hasn't really gotten. They didn't get much of last year, and they haven't been able to get much of this year. So that needs to be the focus for the rest of this season. Um, another player coming back from the G League, James Wiseman. Recalled from from the G League to rejoin the Golden State Warriors. There's some weird stuff going on with the Warriors and James Wiseman, where it feels like they they just they haven't been super happy with his development up to this point. So I don't know where they go from. He may wind up being a piece that gets moved here before the the trade deadline if the Warriors look to add some help for right now. My prediction is he will get traded. Yeah. I, I will be shocked if he's on uh, the Warriors post-trade deadline. I think he is their best tradable piece in terms of matching salary and the uh, potential that a team may still see in him, right? Do You may get a team, uh, one of these rebuilding teams that needs a five, kind of looking at it and saying, all right, yeah, we, we can take a shot on him. It, he played seven games with Santa Cruz on this stint down in the G League. He was good, but – you want to see a guy at his point in his career go down there and dominate. And he didn't do that. 
15.6 points per game, 62% shooting. So that's very good. Um, but only 53% from the line, only two free throw attempts per game, which is, you know, that's kind of, you know, unnerving 10 rebounds. That's, that's solid to see. Um, Cause he did only play about 27 minutes per game, but one block was still from all accounts. People I spoke with, people have talked about this looked like a mess on defense. Um, it, it's, it's not good with, with James Wiseman right now. So I, I think if you're the Warriors, you gotta, maybe this was, Hey, let's stop letting people see him in the G league. Let's get him back here. Maybe we can throw him in some blowouts and maybe he can do a couple of things and we can rehab a little bit of this trade value. Yeah. But my guess is he's going to be gone because they, they, they've got to do something to flush out that bench. Um, that, that their, their bench rotation just isn't good enough for them to go where they want to go, um, which is back to the finals and win another one. And I think they, they're finally giving up on this whole, well, we've got this, this bridge, right? Where we're going to be right. good right now and good down the line. I think they're starting to give up on that. I wonder if that could also push, say, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, push them potentially into deals as well. Could be um, something to keep keep an eye on there. But yeah, I mean, that with... gives you twenty million in matching salary, so mm -hmm. then you're in the mix. You can kind of, and obviously, we know that they're, they're not going to shy away from adding to the tax bill or anything. So obviously, we, we could see see them get in a position. They could also use this as a way to go and get somebody who could be maybe the Draymond Green insurance if he decides to leave in the off season or they don't want to resign him or something like that. You, you could maybe see them them bring in somebody to play a big reserve role now and with the idea of hey they could be a starter for us down the line we'll, we'll yeah. see how that comes together that makes sense that makes sense uh let's finish things off with this the nba adding a new trophy the maurice potaloff trophy for the best regular season record um what are your thoughts on i mean this is not going to supersede the nba championship or anything like that that that's always going to be the the highest prize in the game but what do you think about giving a trophy and award to the team that's got the best regular season record. I like it. I don't think, I think we have, and I include myself in that. We, the, the, the general uh, we that we're using here uh -huh. on this, we've devalued the NBA regular season far too much. You know, we play these 82 games for, for reasons beyond just uh, setting up um, the, you know, the standings for the playoffs and in the playoff matchups it does mean something still to be one of the best teams. And we see the NHL has done this for years mm -hmm. uh, where they've had, had a, you know, honoring the team with the most points uh, in the regular season. And this is a big thing in soccer too. Um, yep. You know, teams get will win awards um, even in the MLS, which MLS. is run differently than a lot of the other soccer because they then, then have a playoff on top of it, but winning the regular season still, you know, does matter. And I, I, I think it's good. Now what's interesting is Maurice Podoloff already has the, MVP trophy named after him. So I saw some speculation of is the MVP trophy going to be renamed and named after uh you know somebody different. You know, could could that you know I I'm so one of these trophies is going to get David Stern's name on it somewhere. Mm. Um I don't know if it's going to be this if it's going to be that in-season cup um that they're going to do but yeah, I don't have any any real issue with this. It's you know I think you know it's a uh, you know blue blood franchises like, like the two we cover are going to kind of you know, turn their noses up at this, like right. whatever, who really cares? But I, I think it's something that, you know, still matters. Or, you know, put a little bit more value on the regular season for everybody. Are we going to see regular season banners hung now? We, we might. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if some teams do it. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I kind of laugh when teams hang division champion. Right. Banners, yeah. But some teams, that's all you have. And, and yep. you know what? Again, we, you and I scoff at this because our two teams have 17 NBA title banners. 
But if they didn't, all right. I mean, maybe you hang a you know, division or a conference championship banner because if yeah. that's all you got, I mean, celebrate your best teams. I, I don't have any problem with it. You know, yeah, fine. People are going to kind of laugh at it and you know make, make jokes out of it, but it's you know at the end of the day, hey, it's it's something where you know if you look up in the stands and you see that division title, you see best regular season or whatever, and you kind of you know smile and remember that team for what it was. I, I don't really have a huge issue with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with them adding this this trophy to the the nba slate uh, again i don't i don't think it takes away from the the championship trophy at all i don't think it's going to be um anything like that but i think you're right i think there is this general sentiment that the regular season simply doesn't matter mm-hmm. and this helps to push back against i mean how many times do we see if you've got really a top 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 tier team you see teams that are resting players regularly sure. doing it. They can't just do, because they don't care about the right. They just care about, are we healthy come playoff time? And that's it. And that does send the message that, Hey, th- these teams don't care about a lot of these games. Why should fans care about a lot of these games? This at least pushes back against that to some degree. It's not going to totally fix it. Uh, of course not, but it's going to at least push back to some degree and add a little bit more importance to the regular season. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. That, that that that's it. You know, if you it's the same thing with the with the in season tournament, right? Everybody's kind of being like, who's gonna care about this? Well, no one initially probably, and you know, we'll all probably laugh at it. But if this is still going on 20 years from now, it will matter because those in season cups do matter in you know, like English soccer. Um, some of the teams treat it a little bit kind of like mm-hmm. you know, it's exhibitionist until they get into the the you know, the, the uh, latter rounds of it then, and then they kind of jump into it there. But it's uh, one of those things where, you know, it, it does have value and it will matter. And, uh, you know, and anything we could do to kind of juice the regular season, make it a little bit more fun, let, let, let's go. I mean, I love it anyway. You love it anyway. But mm-hmm. if we can get the casual fan a little bit more interested, you know, I, I see no problem with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We'll wrap things up there. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Again, make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to ring that notification bell. And of course, go find us over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com